Welcome, everybody, to the JK Sports Podcast. I am Juan. And I am Kyle. And we're back. We're here to provide you the best content during football season. Let's do it. I'm ready. we do. Let's fire it up. Let's get some football season uh, talk. So, we are, um, what are we, week two? We're two weeks in to the college football season? Technically three. Oh, yeah. Week zero. Don't forget about week zero. Yeah. Week zero, week one, and week two have gone by. Everybody's played two games. Everybody's played two games. A um, lot, lot of good stuff going on. Let's, uh, let me just go to the rankings. The number one team in the nation right now is still, I think it's in Alabama. No, I think they dropped. I think Georgia took their spot, right? I think you may be right. Georgia took their spot after the shellacking they put on Oregon, which was just an absolute beatdown. Absolutely. If that's not evidence that they're in a league of their own throughout the country, I'm not sure what is. That was an ugly game. I mean, not for Georgia. Yeah, I mean, they looked like they didn't miss a beat, which is very scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For that. A really good game of the second week was Alabama-Texas, and that came down to a field goal for Alabama winning. Um, Is Texas back? No. No. It... If you watch the game, I feel like Alabama, they just looked bad. They didn't look good. They didn't look like the normal Alabama team you're used to watching on both sides of the ball, quite honestly. Um, You know, Texas, that's the biggest home game they've had since Vince Young was there, probably. I mean, truly, when you think about it. So they showed up, they showed out, played hard, the fans were there. That doesn't make them good. I think it just says maybe Alabama isn't as good as they have been past, and they might have been a little overhyped going into the season. Could be. Um, it could also be, if I look at a, from a positive point, right, last year Alabama went to Florida and barely won. Right. Right. Um, and you said maybe Alabama isn't as good, or maybe Florida is a little bit better than, than what we thought. And Florida went a completely different way. Right. Um, and Alabama, I mean, didn't lose a game. There were some close calls. They almost lost to Auburn. Um, but then they beat down Georgia in the SEC championship game. Went to the championship. We know what happened. Happened there. So I, I'm. I would say if you're a Bama fan, stop panic because when you're Alabama at this point, it's like the '96 Bowls. You're getting everybody's best shot. Correct. It is everybody's Super Bowl. Correct. And especially with college kids, day in day out. It's hard to keep them motivated, hard to execute. Um, I won't even say motivation, because that's, I, I think everybody's pumped up, but having the intense focus for that long, for a game, for four quarters, um, is a lot easier when you're playing Alabama that's a really good team that you want to prove yourself than it is when you're playing Iowa. Yeah, and I also wonder, I mean, I don't know how many players are receiving money via NIL at Alabama, but it's some, right? Yeah. And between the players that are receiving money, the ones that know they're going to go to the draft, I mean, there's, I would say the majority of starters are in that boat, right, at Alabama. So I I wonder what the motivation level is. It's got to be different than, say, a, I don't know, pick any other college team, a Florida, for example. Yeah. I mean, Florida, 
they're going in, they're going to play their butt off every single game, try to prove themselves, save their spot, try to make it to the pros. I mean, they're, they're working as hard as they possibly can. Whereas when you are already making money or you have the potential to go to the pros very soon, do you have that motivation? Now, I think Saban's proven time and time again he's going to figure out how to win. So I'm not worried about them. I still think they make the playoffs probably. Well, that's not true. I don't think they do. But they'll be a top 10 team. Um, I think it's it definitely speaks to Nick Saban and how good he has been at Alabama to have sustained success. It's right? incredible. To, to have kids like that focus to now where you are everybody's Super Bowl year in, year out. Um, and they've delivered. Is there a con to Saban in Alabama in his tenure there? In any sport, in any team sport, not individual sport, but team sport, is there a con? I mean, the the 96 Bulls, right, when they were going for the sixth championship. Could, yeah. Could be the only, could be the only one, right? And that's really driven by Michael Jordan. Yeah. That everybody wanted to beat him and he was the best player. Right, so it's a little bit more player focus at that point, sure. but the the concept's still the same. That yeah, Alabama for that long, that could be the only the, the closest thing that there was, and that was one season though. Right, that was one season. Uh, you could argue now Alabama gets everybody's best shot every year. Oh, absolutely, they do. So if anything is, if you took Michael Jordan and made a whole football team out of him. That's what Alabama is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the, it, it's just a machine. I mean, and we've talked about it a lot. It, it is super impressive what he's done, and I'm, I'm over it. Let, let's get somebody new in there. Yeah. So um, another kind of big loss was A&M. Yeah. Right? A&M lost to App State. Yep. Um, 17-14, which was... You know, A&M was the number six team in the nation. Yeah. So that was pretty... Um, at home. Yeah, at, at home. Not, not. I mean, on the road, you always can at least, like, wrap your mind around that, right? But at home, goodness. And did you see the pregame speech, the pep talk that the cheerleader gave? No. That, oh, my goodness. I encourage everybody to go out and view the... Uh, it was like a pep rally type thing. It was in the stadium. Their lead... I, I guess he's a cheerleader. Uh, gave this talk, just ripping on App State, um, you know, over and over again. And then they come in and beat him. It's fantastic. Wow. It's yeah. worth a watch. It's like one one and a half minute clip. So all that's happened. Let's talk about who we follow the most, the Gators. So week one, the Gators beat Utah at home. Great vibes. It was a great game. Came down to the last second interception on the end zone. Um, I think that game, for me, was everything we had talked about on the podcast of what I wanted for the season. I wanted to be entertained, and I wanted it to be competitive. Just give me a competitive matchup and know that we're in this game. Um, And I would say that that happened week one, right? Like, started good, bad, somewhere in between, but they were in it every, every time, and there was some fight. Towards the end, you're, like, really nervous and saying, what's going to happen? But even if the Gators were to lose that game or go to overtime, 
whatever you want to say, it's not a moral loss or anything, but they won, is it was a good game, they were competitive. Yeah, it, it was a tale of two halves. Um, you know, at the first half, it, it, they were up by three points, I think, at mm-hmm. halftime, and it felt like they were up by 13 points. Yeah. You know, they should have been. The Gators absolutely dominated the first half. It was, you at halftime, everybody was like, oh, we got this. Like, this is, we got this in the bag. It's done. Yeah. Second half, adjustments were made. Utah came out. They totally dominated the second half, ran all over the Gators. Um, I don't want to say we were lucky to win and hang on. It, it wasn't lucky, but you almost. It was a coin toss. You, you, it was you, a coin toss. You, you came out like, thank God we played that game at home, and I'm glad that's over. I'm yep. glad we got the win. But it, you're right. It, it was extremely entertaining. AR was on fire. Um, it, it was a fun, fun game. Morale was high for me after that game. I felt oh, yeah. great. I said, it's going to be a fun season, right? Yep. And so then I'm looking. we're looking into Kentucky, and Kentucky happened, and that, I don't, I don't know what to think. It was the I'm opposite. Really pro- it was the exact it. opposite of what we wanted, the exact opposite of Utah. To me, the biggest thing that has been proven in the first two games, it's two totally different games that occurred. But what is very obvious is that our entire team is going to go as Anthony Richardson goes. That's very scary to me because I don't know if he's going to stay healthy all season with the way that he plays. Uh, when he plays well, the team plays well. When he doesn't, the team stinks. And it, that's just how it's going to go, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that game was very mixed emotions, right? Because at one point, Florida was leading 16-7, to you know, and yep. they had an interception, I think, after that. And you're like, now we're going to drive the clock, get, you know, field goal here. Kentucky wasn't really – big plays no, no no big plays no. And, and granted I was I, I you know then there was a pick six right and all this other but even then I had some hope that we we're going to turn it around Florida was going to turn around um the defense the one thing I would say I mean they're they're not good but it seems as they were limiting big explosive plays sure. right it, it was more of a were was it a bunch of five yard eight yard kind of things third down conversions sure but it was more like a bend don't break and if they score on you it it was going to take you five to eight minutes off the clock right right um but the offense could not do anything no um offensive line was bad the decisions on the quarterback that, that richardson make were bad i don't know the play call it just seemed like it was run run and screen to a wide receiver or or a or a running back like that was kind yeah. of the, the play calling in in i can't say that the play calling was very boring there, there was nothing spectacular about it which is fine if you're giving the ball to playmakers now i'm gonna preface everything i'm about to say with the fact that we don't really have many playmakers on offense we just don't however it seems very apparent to the common everyday sports fan that there's two guys that need to touch the ball other than Anthony Richardson. Etienne is super dynamic. The fact that he doesn't touch the ball more is concerning to me. I don't understand what's going right. on there. And then P. 
Pearsall, how do we not... Now, I don't know if he's necessarily this dynamic playmaker, but he is by far our best receiver, and it's not even close. So just figure out a way to get the ball in playmakers' hands. That's what I... That's the one thing I don't understand. I'm not going to sit here and critique play calling this early in the season because there's not really a trend yet, right? Yeah. But I... And, just... and, and to be fair, on, on the play calling, it has worked. It worked against yeah. Utah. Right. And, and there were pockets of... Florida was moving the ball, right? They didn't have great starting position yeah. every That's time. Right. And they yeah. were moving it across the 50, get into the other territory, but he just couldn't cash in, right? And at some point, it, it felt like it stalled. Now, I will say, if you have two only two playmakers like that, it's very easy to have the defense, I would think, um, key in on the one wide receiver. Of and course. other guys have to make plays. There were a lot of drops on, from the wide receivers. But not by um, Pearson. Correct. Yeah. But other guys have have to help out. Whatever. There, there's a ton of different in, in analysis there that somebody smarter could do. No doubt. Um, I just think so. I Ar played terrible. Yeah. I mean, there's no way around that. He played terrible. If you are the leader of a team that's supposed to be a good, not great SEC team, if you are a Heisman candidate. If you are one of the highest, well, projected draft a, a projected draft pick as a quarterback, you cannot have games like that. That's so unexcusable. We'd be—I don't care who's at quarterback. We'd be like, "What the hell is going on? Why is this happening?" I mean, it was all around bad. His inaccuracy as a passer is just boggling to me. I mean, there was no timing. He was way something was totally off. Yeah, and I think the other part is that I've read some about it, and, and I would I would bite on what they're saying, because a lot of the time this coach speak or whatever, is the running part, right? Um, he said his confidence was low. He took full ownership, which was, you know, good, all that stuff. Um, I think he could have ran more, but it's kind of a double-edged sword that I, I think – He's playing a little bit hesitant that doesn't want to get hurt. Yeah, but right? that's the worst way to play it, football. It is, it is. But at the quarterback position, it's kind of like throw more so that way if I run, I don't have the chance to get hurt. And yeah, then but the you have to done. throw accurately, though. I mean, that's, yeah. you, I mean, okay, in theory that makes sense, but you better complete some passes. If you're not going to complete some passes, you better figure out a way to get some yards with your legs. Like you can't, you can't have it both ways. And yeah, it's on him. He took ownership. That's great. That's fine. But do better. I mean, come out the next two weeks. You're playing inferior opponents and totally dominate them. Just absolutely dominate them. If it's a confidence thing, get your confidence up. Like that. That's a terrible excuse. I hate that. So going in, so going into the season. I, I was going to say, losses were, if you asked me before the Utah game, before we kicked off, A&M, Georgia, LSU, and um, possibly a Kentucky or Tennessee, right? Um, right. 
And then the Utah game, I was going to say, was a 50-50, but I was going to give, we gave the edge to the Gators because it was at home, the first game. If there was going to be a game that you could, yep. you know, beat out there, that's it. After the Utah game, my thinking is, all right, we're going to beat Kentucky, right? We're going to beat LSU because they looked horrible in Terrible. the first game against yep. FSU. Yep. Um, I hadn't seen the A&M game debacle, but still... Jimbo does a lot of weird things. Yep. Right. So the only thing that changes, I said, we're gonna beat Kentucky. If we lose, I could see Florida still losing to Tennessee yep. because it's away at Tennessee. It would be Richardson's first game starting, loud environment. Tennessee is better. Yada yada. Yeah. And I forgot. I guess we played them in two weeks. Yeah. I was thinking it was the. Eastern Washington yeah. game, but yes, you are so, correct. Yes. So my expectations went a little bit. Now, I guess you could still say the expectations are somewhat still the same, except you have another, you have a loss. You have one more loss, right? I still think Tennessee is a very tough game. Can Florida win? Yes. Will they? I would give the edge to Tennessee right now because they beat a, they beat a pit team. Yep. It's a little bit better, and it's at home. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. So there's that. Georgia, I don't see us winning. Um, I think we should definitely still beat LSU at home. Yes. Um, and A&M could be a 50-50. We play at A&M. Yeah, we play at A&M, which is who, who knows what's going to happen and injuries and all that things at that point of the season because right. it's in November. Right, so a lot of the expectations that we still had for Florida is still roughly the same after one loss. Um, I'll still say the positive. It was so, com- call it what you may, it was so competitive. Meaning they still had a chance, right? Yes, they they weren't out of it. It was, you know, true. they still had a chance. Was it frustrating? Absolutely, because you could see that this team can win, and they the game was there for them to take it, but they just played horrible. It was a horrible game to watch. It was still competitive. It was not entertaining. So it, it checked one of the boxes yes. that we want to see, not both. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I The way I look at it, though, is when I take a step back, at the beginning of the year, if you said, okay, after two weeks, you're going to have a win against a top 10 team and a loss against a top 20 team, would you take it? Absolutely, no questions asked, yeah. I'm taking it. So, can they... Like, this loss is not that big of a deal. It really is not. They, in theory, they control their destiny. You know, you beat all the SEC teams, you beat, like, now, is that going to happen? No, I understand it's not, but we're not in a bad position. The, the Gators are fine. They, what they need to do is they need to beat the teams they should beat. At this point, I think it's very fair expectations to say teams that we are better than we need to beat and now you know teams like Tennessee we may not be better than that we at this point we may not be and a loss in Knoxville against a ranked team that's gonna be loud AR's first time in that environment it's the first year there's gonna be a lot of grace the first year year three there's not gonna be right right um with some of that stuff but it, I guess it's it's just always frustrating when you know you have a chance to win and it's right there and you just play so bad that you don't don't capitalize on it. I guess that that's that's a big. It's like playing golf 
and having a great drive and giving yourself an opportunity for a birdie and you three putt or four putt. Yeah. No, I I don't disagree. I mean, it was there for the taking. I, I You hate to put the blame on one player. That's not fair. That's not how football works. But I, I came away feeling like if AR had played better, we would have won. And, and I'm not even talking about dominated the game. Yeah, yeah. Just play better. Um, the one comparison I saw somebody put out there, because there's been a lot of comparisons about um, AR, uh, about who he is, and it's, they're saying a little bit of Cam Newton, right? Um, and after week one, you're kind of like, hey, it could be, right? Um, right? They said it looks like, as of right now, he could be more Vince Young than Cam Newton. And Vince Young, you say, hey, he was a Heisman Trophy winner, right? That, But he didn't get that good until his last year at Texas, three years of starting. And there was a lot of times that he was pretty awful. And, you know, he wasn't the greatest pro with that, right? But he was big, physical, yeah. and, and, and could do some of the things. Yeah, well, right? Cam Newton, too. It took him, what, four years? Well, no, because he he went to junior college and then just played one year, and then played one year with um, Auburn and went undefeated for three years. Yeah, however long. I mean, he was at Florida. You know, transferred. Transferred. You know, I. Well, my point is, is yeah, it takes some time. I mean, this is AR's third year at Florida. Now, it's not his third year in the system, but it's not like he's some freshman coming in either. Yeah. Show me. I, I guess from here on out. The other expectation for this year for Florida was entertain, be competitive, and continue to improve. Yeah. It shows that you can get better towards, by the end of the year, you're better than you were at the beginning. Yeah. No, absolutely. And so this is the opportunity. Right. It's, right? it's early in the season. Got a long way to go. They can still have a very, very good year. Yeah. So... We will check back. This week is South Florida. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt like he did last year against South Florida. Yeah. Um, That's my biggest fear. Yep. Other than that, let's get healthy. Let's get a win and go to uh, Knoxville and see what happens. Let's do it. JK Sports Podcast. We're going to talk a little bit more football because it's the fall. Because why not? Because why not? Um, this time, though, NFL. NFL's back. Week one. Everybody's fantasy leagues are are starting. Um, hopes and dreams for NFL teams. Yeah. And, you know, let's, let's get to it on the NFL. So what are your big takeaways week one? the NFL? My, the biggest takeaway has to be the Bills just dominating the Rams, right? That was kind of bizarre. Not that the Bills are really good, but that the Rams did not look like the team I thought they were going to be going into the year. Long season. I still have faith that they'll right the ship, but man, that was kind of surprising. 
Yeah, it was competitive for a little bit, but you could tell the Ram, the um, Bills came out pretty strong, and then the Rams were kind of coming back, and then all of a sudden it was just bye-bye. Yeah, um, blowout. And, hey, the Bills look good, man. Wouldn't yeah. it be sweet to see a Buffalo win the Super Bowl? The people like of Buffalo? Buffalo? Yeah, I, I'm i a Buffalo fan. I love the whole uh, Bills Mafia. Throwing I, kids through tables, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's great. The weird, like, pants and all that stuff. I mean, they're, they're crazy. They're insane. How I like cr- Josh Allen. They, yeah. How crazy is it? I just... I mean, I was too young, but four years in a row going to the Super Bowl. Right, like, yeah, that is wild. That. It is crazy. If that happened today, I feel like that would be a massive deal. Um, I mean, as a fan, right, like, year one, you go to the Super Bowl. After year two, you're like, we're in the Super Bowl again. Yeah. Year three, you're like, yes, we're back in it. And then year four, you're like, we're in it again. Like, this is what we do. Yeah, except you don't win, win any of yeah. I wait. But the regular season must regular season up to the Super Bowl, those fans have to be like pretty stoked. Pretty stoked. So if that were you, if you're let's say the Gators make it to the national championship four years in a row, yeah. but they lose all four years, do you is that a good thing? Is that torture? Is it where would you land on that? See, I, I don't know. As a fan if that's my team, right, I'm obviously disappointed, but I have to look at the positives, right? Yeah. Because you're going to stick up for your team. Of course. No, no matter what. So it, it depends on the situations. I know that those years they were playing like the 49ers and Cowboys who won like three in a row and all this, you know, right. multiple, multiple things. Yeah, two losses so, to the Cowboys. Yeah, so it, it depends on who, who you're losing to in, in those scenarios. Because I will say, if somebody talked trash at all, you guys lost four years in a row, I'd say, well, what did your team do? Right. right? And, and you would no doubt have fun during the regular season. Yeah. You would be talking a lot of trash. You would be confident, love the game. So I, I, it's hard. It's hard to be put in that situation. Yeah. Um, because because from the outside I'm like that sucks. <laughs> right. You guys are horrible. Right. How could you not at least win one? Right. Just give but, me one of four. But I couldn't. I would obviously have that same thought, but I couldn't live there. <laughs> right. I would rationalize it too much. Yeah. No, understood. But yeah, the Bills looked looked awesome. Yeah, um, I think. Um, I do think the NFC is kind of open. It does seem to me the AFC is owned by the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, I feel like those are clearly the two best teams, and everybody else is just kind of, I don't know, I guess playing to get into the playoffs. Uh, They seem like they're going to run through it. The Chiefs look super dominant in their win, too. NFC, I mean, I, I don't know anything about, like, the Packers. They didn't look good. Bucks look pretty good. Um, you know, yeah, they looked okay. I, I don't know, like a 19-3 win against the Cowboys is, man. 
Yeah, I mean the Cowboys. I, I don't think are a bad team. I don't. I don't know. Like who's who? There doesn't seem to be a clear-cut favorite. That's why the Rams lost was surprising. It seems like they should do well in the NFC, but you know, because the 49ers seem to be down. Trey Lance doesn't seem to be the answer. I don't know if Arizona's there yet. Seattle's terrible. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think. I'm lying. There's a bunch of people who pick the Saints to win the NFC, which there is no way in hell I would pick Jameis Winston to lead a team to an NFC championship game. Yeah, he's going to throw a lot of picks. He is the worst. Yeah. I can't stand him. I would say in the AFC, if you're going to put the tiers, it's got to be Bills, Chiefs. I still think the Bengals are pretty good, even though they lost to the Steelers in overtime. Right. Um, Joe Burrow didn't necessarily have a great game, but they're still good. Um, and then I, I think the Chargers could be a pretty decent team. Yeah. Um, the AFC West is going to be interesting, right? Chargers, Raiders, no Broncos. Um, which the Broncos, Russell Wilson, lost to the Seahawks. That was supposed. I mean, the Broncos were supposed to be phenomenal. And granted, it was in Seattle. It was Russell Wilson going back to where he played for years and years. But I don't know. They, they didn't do it for me. I still think it's the Bills and Chiefs conference in the AFC. Yeah. Um, you know what division is not good? It's the AFC South. Can it's we talk about them? Good. We can talk about it. Do you want to go there? Are we going to the Jags? We're going to the Jags, Titans, Texans, and... Um, Colts. Colts, right? The last couple years has been really the Titans winning yeah. that division. Um, all team, no team in the AFC South won the first one. And two of the teams played each other. Two of the teams played each other and tied. Colts and Texans. And then the Jaguars lost to the Commanders. Yeah. Which was, you know, horrible. And the Jags Titans. Are Jags, man. And the Titans lost to the Giants. Yeah, I'm not really sure what to think about the Titans. They have surprised me the past, what, two years. They haven't had a great quarterback. They get this new coach, you know, and they somehow managed to put together a pretty strong team. They made the AFC Championship one year, two years ago, I think it was. Um, Derrick Henry's a freak, but even he looks pedestrian in the first week. I don't know. I. But it's week one. NFL's much different where week one. From week to week, they can change. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and, and, yes, and to your point earlier, injuries can happen. Things can change very quickly in football. But I I will say, the, so do you do an Eliminator League? I do not. Man, I, those are by far the most fun to play. More than fantasy football, I love them. Um, but week one is always by far the toughest week. It's just absolutely amazing uh, how many teams were upset in week one in an eliminator league. A lot of people picked the Broncos to win. Uh, Patriots? Yeah, not the Patriots. There was another one that was a huge upset, and I can't rattle it off the top of my head. But I do love the parody in the NFL in that any team can win any week, no matter where they're playing, no matter what the conditions it is fun to watch. I mean, the Packers losing 23-7 to the Vikings was probably a big upset. The Vikings actually, I feel I've seen. The that, Vikings. That would be my quote-unquote wild card pick in the NFL. Wow. Well, let's talk about picks, right? Let's talk about who are the 
who are the teams? So for me, if you're looking at week one, you're saying AFC, the two best teams are it's Bills and Chiefs against the field. Yes. Right, for the for the AFC Championship game. Yes. Are you taking those two? I'm taking those two. Okay. So NFC, wide open. Are you taking the Bucks with Brady to the NFC Championship game? Are you taking... I'm taking the Bucks and the Vikings. And the Vikings? I'm going to take the Vikings. I think the NFC North is garbage. I think the NFC is fairly weak. I think it's wide open. And I think the Vikings are going to shock people. And it's hard to bet against Brady. It's, so. it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers, though, too, to go into the playoffs. I'm not saying they won't make the playoffs, but they lost their best receiver. Aaron Rodgers is weird. Uh, I don't feel like they're trending the right way. They didn't make the NFC Championship last year. What about the Bears? What about the Bears? They won. They beat the 49ers. Justin Fields. Yeah, I feel like that's... Well, I'm not going to use the analogy I was going to, but I that doesn't mean they're good. I don't think they beat a great team. Okay. So we're going Bucks and... Um, Vikings. Bucks so, Vikings. all right, let me see. I'm, I will take the Bills and the Bengals. Oh, okay. I like it. In the AFC Championship game. Um, in the NFC, I will take the Buccaneers. I, I won't bet against Brady. But I will also think that... Ooh, this, uh, it's tough to find another team. Yeah. I mean, Vegas said the Rams, they didn't look great. They don't have a horrible... I mean, the Seahawks, I, I can't imagine them being good. The Cardinals... Oh, my God. I don't, I don't even know if I want to pick a second team. Got to. Got to. Bucks got to play somebody. The Bucks have to play... Um, oh, the Saints? No, it can't be Jameis. It can't be anybody in the NFC East, right? The East is bad. The, I don't. The, the Rams, I'll say the Packers. Oh, say Aaron Rodgers. You got a lot of faith in A Rod. A Rod. It's too weird for me. Yeah, and, and right now I'll just say, give me the Bills. Give me the Bills to win. It is their, who, who their chance the to do play it. in the Super Bowl. Bills Bucks. Bills Bucks. Double B. I'm gonna go Bills Vikings. Oh. Yeah, I'm going there. I'm doing it. And who's winning? Vikings are. Gonna, I gotta go Bills. I got. I, I don't want to pick Close the same game, team though. as you. No. No. It's a blowout. It's a blowout. I don't want to pick the same team, but I have to. I want. I want it. I'm gonna will it. Happening, man. Minnesota, there's some fun people up there. Are there? Yeah. Prince. Prince. I mean, there was a writer coming there. You didn't talk Mighty to Dubs. them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they got a roller coaster in their mall. Like yeah, people it's grow too up. Cold to go outside. People That's... hate being outside. It's terrible. Yeah. They're. I don't, I don't know. Minnesota seemed like they're loyal fans. 
Yeah, they sit inside and watch stuff on TV all the time. I don't know. I listen, Minnesota people, Minnesotans, Minnesotians, Minnesotites, <laughs> give us a call. Tell us how awesome Minnesota is. Until that time, I'm just going to defer to the fact that it's not that great. But you're rooting for the team. I'm not rooting for them. I think they will emerge out of the NFC. You're saying... I I like the Vikings. I like, you know, it's... The horn? It's like a -a make-a-wish thing. You you do it for the nice kids that don't get all the nice things all the time. Oh, man, you you don't have to be that mean to the Vikings. Come on. I mean, have the Vikings ever done anything noteworthy? They've been great since Dante Culpepper was there. Since Brett Favre took them against the Saints. Yeah, they still didn't make the Super Bowl, though. No, but he got pretty beat up. Yeah, and they're only good because of Favre. Man, remember Dante and Randy Moss? Yeah. That was strong. Randy Moss, he was awesome. He was a Viking man. Yeah, for like a minute. He was oh, for really a Him, Viking. Randall Cunningham. He, he was there for like four seasons. Maybe more than that. I don't know. Hard to keep track. He moved around a lot. Okay. Regardless, objective evidence, your objective analysis and evidence says... Yes. Vikings, Bills... Yep. Vikings to win it. No. Bills to win it. Bills to win it. Bills to win it. And you've got the Bucks and Bills, double Bs. We're both taking the Bills. Bills Mafia for the win. Yes. back with Jenkins Sports Podcast. Um, we're going to go into a lightning round. I was going to say a lot of killers today. And what's the reasoning for that, Juan? Because we as, we're not only a podcast, we're human. We're human beings. We are human. Right. We have feelings. We do. Are we human or are we dancing? <laughs> That's a great reference. Well done. I don't know. We're, we're on the road today, but that will not stop us from giving you a podcast. No. At all. No. Um, we're going to go see a little concert. See the killers, right? We like to diversify. We're not just about sports here. You, but you know the best thing about sports is that you can gamble on sports. Do you know where gambling originated? Where? Las Vegas. Do you know who's from Las Vegas? The Killers. Wow. See what I did there? Wow, that's nice. Uh, you're that's welcome. nice. That is that's how we bring sports and music together. Together. Right? They're one. One and the same. Yeah. And so, you know, we like to give you guys the hottest songs a little in between. So we gotta do our research and go to these concerts. That's right. If we don't do that, we're not being our best for you. No, this an entertainment podcast. We need good tunes. Yeah. Here we go. Alright, so Let's do a lightning round. Kyle, why don't you go first? I will go first. Um, U.S. Open occurred the past two weeks. Uh, tennis. Yeah, U.S. Open. Tennis. Not golf. Tennis, not golf. No, I, I'm referring to tennis. Um, I do love the U.S. Open. I, that's The times are normal times. You don't have to be up super early or stay up super late. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlos Alvarez won men's championship. Youngest major winner ever. Spaniard, super fun to watch. Dynamic athlete. Love it. Uh, Two-fold question. 
is... How old was he? I think 19, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, uh, excuse me. I, I said youngest major winner ever. That's incorrect. It's, he's the youngest to reach number one in the world. Excuse me. After he won, he won the U.S. Open to get there. Uh, roundabout question. Are you... Did you watch any of it, and do you think he will break Nadal's major championship record? I did not watch the finals at all. I did not watch many of the men's um, matches. I did not know anything about Carlos. Um, as a former tennis player, I, I haven't been watching tennis as much um, recently. But 19 years old, winning a major is sounds very good, very promising. Um, I need to do some more research on that. I'm going to say no, he's not going to break any major records. Um, we've been on a really good run recently of like phenomenal, legendary tennis players, right? Growing up, you had the Sampras and Agassi, and like Sampras breaking the major record was pretty amazing. Um, and then you went to Federer, and then, you know, um, Nadal. Nadal, Djokovic. Like, it's been a really good run. And those yeah. guys have just, I mean, Nadal, if it wasn't for injuries, would be yeah. way up there. That, I mean, agreed. he's never lost the French Open final. Or, I don't even know. Yeah, he's never lost the French Open final. Right. I think every time he's, I don't know if it's true, but it seems that every French Open he's played in, he's won. <laughs> yeah. It, there's never been a player more dominant on a single surface than Nadal. And yeah. that's why he has the record right now is because of his dominance at the French Open. My personal opinion is that's why nobody will ever beat his record because it's going to be hard to be as dominant on one surface as Nadal was. But I I think it's good for the sport to have somebody that kind of carries it that is the dominant player. So I'm, I'm hopeful he's the guy because he's fun to watch. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, all right, so mine is U.S. World Soccer, World Cup. Oh. Like we said, it's coming up. Yes, it um, is. The U.S. is about to have a friendly coming up. Um, they're going to play Japan in Dusseldorf, Germany. Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf on September 23rd. Okay. And then they got um, Saudi Arabia um, scheduled after that. But regardless, that's all just some tune-ups here in September. We've got the World Cup, as we know in November coming up. It opens up November 21st, USA versus Wales. Yep. Okay, I'm going to give you the first three opponents that USA is going to play. And I want you to tell me what their record will be after the first three matches. Okay. Okay? USA versus Wales, USA versus England, USA versus Iran. Yes. So, I'm going to go with uh, one win, two ties total of five points which is enough to advance them into the knockout stage oh you're calling it we're going to the knockout stage i'm calling it one win two ties uh which to the normal everyday fan would seem kind of i don't know pedestrian for a term i've already used once they beat wales in Thai, england and iran how do the points work on the tie how many points do you get on the three tie? points for a win one point for a tie zero points for losses uh, you have to have a minimum of four points to advance to the next stage. That's just simple math, how it works okay. out. Um, okay. I, I think it's England and the U.S. that advance. Okay, so you're saying we tie 
we tie with um, England and, and either our and Iran. Yeah, Iran's a good team. I think Iran will shock people. Yes, I think. And, and honestly, what I feel is that there will be a game that the U.S. ties that they probably should. They should beat Iran. They should beat Wales. I just feel like there will be a game that they don't. It's hard for three games in a row to play up to your potential. And uh, you know, when you're preparing for the next stage. So, but they, all they want to do is advance. That's the name of the game. Just advance. I like it. Hey, when you didn't make the World Cup the year before, advancing would be phenomenal. That's exactly right. That's all we want. I'm not saying we're going to win the group, but I'm saying we're going to advance. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it. Yeah. What do we got next? So, we've uh, exited the dog days of summer, one, which means we're coming to the tail end of baseball season. Um, now is kind of when I start paying attention, if you will. I start really watching games once they get to the playoffs. Yep. But by far the most exciting thing going. And I know you're a Yankees fan. Uh, Mom's a huge Yankees fan. There's a yep. lot, you know, going on with Aaron Judge certainly and his home yep. runs and uh, them trying to get to the playoffs. But the biggest story has to be Pujols, right? And getting the 700 home runs. My question to you is... 600. What did I... No, 700. 700 home runs. He's now past A-Rod. Will he get to 700? And do you want him to continue playing and pass guys like the Babe or Hank Aaron? I don't think he's going to be able to catch Hank Aaron or Barry Bonds, but do you want to see that continuing or just, listen, you get to 700, hang him up like he's already planning on doing... Um, I want to get, I want to see him get to 700. Um, anything after that is kind of like just gravy. Yeah, anything after that's all gravy. I mean, he's not really a well, he's still somewhat of a productive player, but at that point, you're kind of like a liability, right? Because you're not going to play every game, you're old. Right, and, and you're right. just taking up space for that. Now, does anybody, if you had 700 home runs in baseball, you deserve to take up space right? and, and, and do that. But I like Pujols. It seems that he never took steroids or any of that. Um, I can only imagine if he stayed with St. Louis because they had some really good teams. I mean, and they won a World Series without him Yeah. after that, right? So, But he took a lot of money of the Angels, didn't really work out with that but he's got a lot of money he's got a world series ring and he's gonna have 700 home runs without taking steroids to go to the hall of fame yep good for him do it and if he has i think he's already decided you said this is his last year that's what he has said but yeah that's that's even better right you've already decided curtain call just keep hitting the home runs and you go out like that if you come back another year it's kind of like I mean, there's no other... All it is is just hitting home runs to pass records. And while that's great, it's still just whatever. Is he the best Latin American player Ooh. in the MLB of all time? Ooh. Oh, God. There's there's a lot. There's a lot. There's I, a lot. I know. Of, I mean, there's let's Roberto say he gets Clemente. There's... Yeah. Uh, oh, let's say man. he hits 702 home he's runs. Gotta be, he's got to be the best hitter. Is he the best player from Latin America that's played in the MLB? That's a good question. Um, 
I asked the hard-hitting question. You always, you always side with recency bias. Of course. Right, so you could say yes. Um, it's tough to me to think of some of the others. Well, I mean, Sammy Sosa was awesome, but he also took steroids. And, and he's, he went from... Big Poppy. Big Poppy is pretty Poppy. good. Um, there's a lot of them out there. If you start going down the list, there's some legit players. There's some legit players, but Pujol's stats are up there against anybody. I'll give him top five. Yeah. I'll I give like him top it. five. All right. All right. Last question for me. Um, the Live Golf Tournament. All right. It's going to be a little bit extended. Live Golf Tournament. A couple yeah. things. They had one tournament since we last podcast, and Dustin Johnson won it, made a huge putt, won the tournament. Great, great for him. Um, I will say, Kyle, that that live tournament, and we had talked about it, that for them to be popular, you got to entertain them. they got to provide good, have enough players to have a good product on the field. Right. Do you think it felt like that this was the first live golf tournament, even though probably a lot of people didn't see it, that the news around it was about the golf? And you had Matthew Wolf hit a hole in one. Dustin Johnson winning a lot. Cam Smith was playing well. You know, do you think that it's starting to turn a little bit and now it's focusing on the product versus these guys are taking all the money? Who cares? Nobody's watching. Uh, no, is the short answer. And and I'm I, I truly I'm trying to be neutral, biased and neutral on this. The short answer is no. I, I truly don't believe that. I think you have to go seek those highlights and that kind of information. And um, it's not readily accessible yet, so therefore, you, it's not on ESPN or any of the main highlights. So yeah, that's a problem. I, I just I don't think it's no. I think you have to seek it. I don't think it's um, I don't know the right word. I, it's still not mainstream great play. enough. Like, so what? He hit a whole hole in one now. DJ hitting a bomb putt to win it, that was exciting. I do, I love that aspect of it. I think that's great. That's what it needs. But that's not enough to watch three days of it. And I don't know. I'm going to be, I, I don't know. It's just hard for me to kind of get on board with everything that's going on. I don't know. All right. Well, I will say they have one more tournament for the end of the year. It's going to be a Trump National in Miami. It is the 12th. Four man teams were going to compete for a $16 million first place prize. So $4 million each of the teams. The top four seeds are going to receive a buy to the quarterfinals. And then the other eight teams are going to compete. Um, and then here's a great thing. I, I do like the formats. How are the seedings going to be determined? They're going to have a closest to the pin shootout by the team captains. Which are going to be take place immediately after the players are drafted. That's pretty exciting. And then the format, the Team Series Championship is going to be played over four days as a match play head-to-head knockout playoff with the winning team being crowned as the Team Series Champion. Who cares about that? But the fact that it's you've got the captains, they're going to do a closest to the pin by the team captains to do the seeds, and then you've got four days of head-to-head match play. Uh I don't. So to me, that gets a little hokey. I. Why are they not? Like, I guess this is my whole thing with Liv. 
they're taking away from the actual performance and the results on the course. So why are they not seeding by play and results and how you finished? It's closest to the pin. I mean, that seems like something you do in like a scramble to decide a, you know, a tie. I just, I, I'm not a fan. I, that to me is they're like reaching. They're trying to get viewership. I, and I get it. They need to do something different. And in theory, that's super exciting, right? But I, dumb. I, I like it, but also say it seems that it's, it's more for the common fan, and it's very. Um, it's something that we would do in our golf trip to decide things. Correct. But that's that's right. exactly my point. We're not professional golfers. But We're going it, out it, to have it's fun. It's growing the game of golf for the common fan. Is it growing the game or is it... It's putting them in situations that not the average golfer is not playing a three-day, four-day tournament, stroke play, and that, right? Some people do it occasionally, but they're not doing it every single week. A lot of them are doing head-to-head match play or these goofy competitions. Right. So it's just putting those guys in that scenario. That that that's my thought. Now, they don't have. You still have to go search for it on YouTube and all that stuff. So, you know, whatever. But the idea is there. It's not. It's. I'm turning a little bit. I'm turning a little bit on the product. I I think it's dumb. You just you completely went not unbiased (laughs) (laughs) no i just the more i hear about it the less i like it um so i don't know man it's just it's it's not for me i don't i don't know what to say all right well that all say is that's all we got we're gonna go listen to the killers we're gonna try to find some good music for the fans yeah that we're gonna bring back to you in all this because it's all gonna come back to you oh yeah there's no shortage of good music Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, go Gators, go America.